You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and it is Saturday night, which means we made it through another stressful work week. Now all we have to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy our family, our friends, our pets, our children, and our time together as we talk about art, music, and entertainment, and it doesn't get much better than that, now does it? Now, I have a question for you guys. Are you by your computer? Well, if you are, you shouldn't be. You should be actually sitting here by the radio listening to us. But if you are by your computer or you want to check us out later, we encourage you to go to our website, which is www.theamemagazine.com. That is the AME Experience, which is our television, our radio, and our magazine, which is all about art, music, and entertainment. You can get it there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, and it's free. Also, if you're on Facebook, please like us there, too. It's facebook.com forward slash the AME Experience. And if you're a Twitter nut like I am, I like to tweet a lot. It is at D-O-W-D Studios. That is the Amy Experience. It's my personal studio, and it is my personal Twitter. And if you want to check out my artwork, I encourage you to do that anytime you want at ImaginationArtStudios.com. So if you, have, if you want to check out what I do, if you want to see my crazy mind, I encourage you to go to that website and have some fun. Okay, so some crazy stuff in the news this week. I, I, will, I will admit that. We found out, or I've been hearing on uh, Google and a lot of other places, that a close friend and publicist to Caitlyn Jenner is saying that the man, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, wants to turn back into a man. And he possibly might retransition uh, in about two years because he likes men too mu- he likes women too much. This guy's a train wreck, guys. I'm sorry. Um, he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know if he wants to be a w- man. He doesn't know if he wants to be a woman. He doesn't know if he wants to be with a man or with a woman. And now he wants to have more children. And this guy's not sane enough to have children. He's not sane enough for his own body. And, you know, now he's going to go ahead and transition back. Now, I, I guarantee you, this is going to really piss off a lot of the LGBT community because not only did he stand up there and make a spectacle of himself and bring this situation to life and tell people that this is a way of life. He was born like this, but now he's going to transition back? That just proves to the world that this is possibly a mental illness more than anything else. And do you know what's going to do to his body? I mean, oh my God, I, I, I just, he's going to look, he's going to look like a train wreck, like he already is. Uh, and yet we're glorifying him on every every uh, platform we have. I mean, he won Woman of the Year, and I found out he didn't even go through the transition yet. How can he be a Woman of the Year if he's still a man? Physically, a man. I I don't know. This this just it blows me away. I, I'm just completely dumbfounded by the whole situation. And also, I've been seeing a lot of things about people saying it's good enough. I had a problem this week, and I made it through as I always do, but. It was tough, and I didn't like the, the end product, and so I asked some people about it. They're like, well, it's good enough. You know, just let it go. Don't worry about it. You, you don't have to redo that whole order. Now, the order was 89 pictures. Now, if it's something that I'm not happy with, why would I give it to you? You know, I take pride in, I, in everything I do. I put passion and, and love and my soul into everything that I give to anybody that I do work for, and if I'm not happy about it, I'm sure as hell not going to give it to anybody else. But I realized that if you put just a little bit of passion behind whatever you're doing in life, it doesn't matter if it's artwork, it doesn't matter if it's your business, it doesn't matter if it's your family, an ounce of passion will bring two ounces or more of reward. So if you put your heart and soul into something, the rewards will be phenomenal. I heard a quote that says, I want to know anybody with just an ounce of passion because with an ounce of passion... Somebody, those people can do amazing things, and I can't agree more. 
All right, guys. Um, we are going to go to a commercial break really quick, and when we come back, we have two great guests. We have Andrea Tanteros from the Fox News Network. She wrote a new book about feminism, and it's an amazing story. Her insights are spot on, and I think she's going to be a very, very great guest for you guys, so don't go anywhere with that. Then we have Linnea Sage with Yoga Animals. She created an app that's actually a book that you can share with your kids to teach them how to do yoga, and you can do it with them. How cool is that? All right, guys, we will be right back. So don't go anywhere, and we're going to be back with our first guest. So stay tuned. The AMFM 24-7 Roku channel broadcasts all of our shows on demand. To ensure reliability, we store and stream our content on the same servers as Netflix and Amazon. Our Roku channel is free to use, and anyone owning one of the more than 10 million Roku devices can watch our channel at no cost whatsoever. If you have a television show or are thinking about producing a show, you can be a part of AMFM 24-7's Roku channel. Watch our great shows on your Roku device. It's free and more reliable than cable TV. Are you stuck with a timeshare? Did you attend the presentation and were seduced and enticed into buying that great vacation and investment? Now you're in the terrible position of trying to figure out a way to get out of that mess. You're not alone. For over 15 years, BuyYourTimeshare.com has been helping people like yourself get out of timeshare ownership. The fact is there is no resale market. Unscrupulous telemarketers call you and say they have buyers waiting, and the next thing that happens is you give them hundreds of dollars for an ad, and you'll never hear from them again. Another fact is that an identical timeshare to yours is being offered on eBay for a dollar, and no one is buying it. If you want out of your timeshare, I urge you to go to buyyourtimeshare.com or call them at 877-94-HELP-ME. That number again is 877-94-HELP-ME. Buyyourtimeshare.com. That's buyyourtimeshare.com. 877-94-HELP-ME. 877-94-HELP-ME. A teacher holds the power to make a huge difference in the lives of students. D.D. Ritman's new book, Student Teaching, The Inside Scoop from a Master Teacher, will help both new teachers and veteran teachers to be the best teachers they can be, impacting students' lives one day at a time. Available at ddritman.com or amazon.com. Again, that's ddritman.com, D-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-M-A-N.com. This is Vic DiBetetto. You are listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome back, everybody. We are on the line with a very special guest. Her name is Andrea Tanteros, and you've probably seen her if you've ever watched Fox News. And uh, she is the author of an interesting book that I really wanted to talk about. It's called Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What They Wanted Has Made Women Miserable. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So this is a very interesting book. Um, I'm kind of interested in what kind of got you inspired to write something about feminism. Well, me and I would say the rest of the women in my generation, um, we were the direct beneficiaries of feminism, um, which has done a lot of great things. I mean, it's given women rights that we that we deserved um, and the ability to, to go out and choose a career if that's what we want. Um, so it has been good, and I tip my hat. To the feminists. Um, this isn't a book that rips them down and destroys them. There's, there's plenty of other books that do that. But my generation, again, we reaped the fruits of feminism, um, but we were also um, told a lot of propaganda that went along with it. And there have been some pretty troubling consequences. And women nowadays are more unhappy and stressed out and miserable than ever. Um, and just anecdotally, listening to friends, reading studies, looking at research, I thought, well, what the heck's going on? And because I've been a direct beneficiary of feminism, um, I've had that propaganda fed to me and to my friends um, throughout the years. And you finally, as you start to get older and you see the younger generation, you know, gulping it up as well, you start to realize that a lot of it um, was a sham. Mm -hmm. And so the goal of the book was to talk about what worked, what didn't work. And where we are today, I mean, why are women so miserable and unhappy? What have feminists done wrong that have caused um, all these problems? And not just problems with women, but problems with men as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a breakdown between the sexes that I think a lot of people don't want to talk about. There's just a story about how perhaps there's more female breadwinners making more money than their husbands. And we'll all read the story, you know, in the Washington Post or the New York Times, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. 
But no one ever really looks at what that means for the relationship when women are now making more than their husbands. Does it have a positive effect or a negative effect? Um, so I delve into it in the book, not just using my own personal experience and research, but also a lot of research from other women and figures in this culture who aren't conservative and who aren't Christian, but who are espousing traditional conservative messages. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that it's a possibility that the chivalry died from feminism, or do you think it may have maybe even enhanced it a little bit? The, the what? Chivalry. Chivalry? Oh, it killed it. It killed it. Completely. Um, one of the, the camps of the feminist group um, that was led by Betty Friedan, who's the author of The Feminine Mystique, um, who wanted more for her daughter than she had by being a housewife, um, and Gloria Steinem, their group was very anti-patriarchy, um, part of the man-hater crew. Um, and they encouraged women to do it all without men. They're the ones that said, you don't need a man. And that's where we got this sort of cultural push from feminists that have trickled down into TV shows and sitcoms and commercials where the dad is always the doofus. Um, in the 90s, it was the show Married with Children with Al Bundy. Mm-hmm. Now it's the family guy. Or it's the cable commercial where the dad can't log on to the Wi-Fi and so the kid needs to help him. Or the wife in the suit has to come in and help the dad in the board shorts and the sleeves, who looks like he hasn't worked in about, you know, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all this subtle messaging that men have been demeaned, and, and they have. I mean, women, it was great to promote women to have equal rights with men, but not at the expense of men. And it was never really about equality. It was about being better. Right. Women are better than men. Women are at war with men. We're fighting with men. Um, we're not just fighting with men in the workplace, but now with more women in the workplace, since we empowered all these women, now we're fighting with more women. So there's a chapter on cattiness. But the other side of the coin isn't just um, that we were told we didn't need men. It was that we should covet. In a covetous quest, we wanted their careers. We wanted their professional lives. We wanted their, their love lives. We wanted to espouse all the characteristics of a man while we got rid of and discarded all the powerful things about being a woman. I mean, women are the keeper of the values. Women are the keeper of the home. Women are the ones who civilize men. Um, in marriages and relationships, we're the, we're the red light and the yellow light. Men are always on green when it comes to, uh, when it comes to loving. And so if women are giving up everything that made us powerful. You know, civilizations have risen and fallen on women, uh, whether or not women um, are, you know, procreating and civilizing men. And so feminists encourage us to give all that up, um, much to our detriment. Mm-hmm. They, they perpetuated this nonsense that being a feminist, you can't be feminine. And, and my motto is the exact opposite. Um, that, that there is power in femininity and that we didn't have to become the, the thing that we deigned. I mean, women didn't like the way that men overpowered women and that men had more rights and men, you know, took this position of, of dominance. Now it's flipped. Mm-hmm. Women are the ones dominating the men. And society has wussified guys and young boys, um, which has caused men to check out, basically, mm-hmm. and say, well, listen, ladies, you yelled at us for opening the door. You yelled at us for paying the tab. You yell when we try and help you. You told us you didn't need it. So guess what? All right, we're going to start to believe you. And that's what's happened. And now women are upset because they, they keep going, where have all the good men gone? Why can't I get asked that on a date? Why isn't he paying my dinner? We just had a lovely time together. Um, and it's really done so much damage, especially this hookup culture where women have been encouraged to sleep around like men. It has been so destructive to young girls and nobody has had the courage to stand up and call out feminists and call out the culture for, for exactly what it is. And that is really, really doing damage because it's getting women to do things that, that, are, that go against our natural biological wiring. And that is sleep around like a man. And then when he doesn't call you back, which he's not, um, to pretend like it's just fine and, and that they don't care. That, that's unnatural, and that's why it's tying women up in knots. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't agree with you more about women being able to uh, control the, the values and everything else. You know, when I got married, my, my uh, hospital bills went in half. I haven't been to the hospital since I got married because I don't do stupid stuff anymore, which is great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm not breaking bones. I'm not breaking, uh, you know, 
doing stupid things. So, you know, I see the benefit that women can bring to a relationship. And I truly believe that, you know, we need both people. I, if, if the world was all men, it would, it would be destroyed. And if it was all women, it would be destroyed. You know, we balance each other out. And I think that's always, imp- you know, important for people to remember. And, you know, I've kind of taken a fascination of learning how each peep, each person helps each other and kind of complements each other in life. And I've been trying to put that into my own artwork myself. And, you know, one of the things that I do structure is I like, I like the, the ability to have a strong woman, but not necessarily have one that just, you know, puts men to the side. Right. Well, who, who wants to be put to the side or overpowered? I mean, the exact same thing that women dislike about men that sort of, honey, you know, where's my dinner? And, and, and sort of that disrespect, that, that overpower, that dominance. Um, women have become that. Mm-hmm. And anytime you have power in a relationship and one party has power over the other, it destroys intimacy. It destroys it. I, I don't care who you are. So this book, um, delves into not just that, but how, um, I think women are, again, no, going against their sort of natural feminine wants and desires um, in favor of a feminist doctrine. So, for example, um, there was uh, there have been a lot of um, celebrities who are espousing traditional messages. For example, I am not um, politically aligned with Beyonce at all, and you can criticize her music and all this other stuff. But let's just look at the way that she lives her life and the things that she said about her husband. She waited to get married. She waited to have a child. And when she sat down with Oprah once, she said, I wouldn't be the woman I am today if it, if it wasn't for the fact that I get to come home to that man every night. She talks about her husband all the time. Now, she didn't need Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't, frankly, need to talk about Jay-Z. She was a millionaire before he came along. But she has presented a traditional um, view of family and waiting to have a baby that isn't just a great role model for African-American women. Um, it's a great, great example for all women. Um, and I think that as conservatives, you, you've got to give people credit sometimes where credit is due. You can't just destroy everybody all the time if they don't exactly fall in line, perhaps ideologically, but highlight someone like, for example, Lady Gaga. Um, Lady Gaga and I probably don't agree on much politically either. And she says, you know, I'm the dominating one on stage. I'm a strong woman. But when I come home, my fiance is the man and I'm the woman. And she wants that traditional gender role. So does Jenny McCarthy uh, and Sheryl Sandberg, who's a, a very, very prominent Democrat, COO of Facebook. Mm-hmm. In her book, Lean In, she said, girls, ladies, women, if you want to lean in, you have to get one thing right. You've got to pick the right husband. That is a traditional message from a non-traditional messenger. And so I wrote this book with a lot of Christian wisdom weaved throughout. I mean, a lot of people say, where did you get that saying your mom used to tell you, wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove? And and it's funny. I said, well, that's actually biblical. Um, and I'm still wrestling with the whole dove thing, truth be told. Um, but it, 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 that was uh, making the point in the chapter about emotions, about how women, if you're strong in today's society, You've got to be careful because if you get too strong, they'll use a word to describe you that begins with B. Um, and so there's, there's a way to sort of manage emotions and, and I've tried it all. I mean, I've listened to every feminist, you know, directive to pay the check, not pay the check, cry at work, not cry at work. Um, but using the examples of women in pop culture, um, and society today that point to a signaling that it's okay to return to tradition that are giving women the green light, that you don't have to just say, I don't want to get married and have kids, which so many girls do. Because it's almost it's almost been shamed being a stay-at-home mom. Or saying that you want kids in marriage, which I asked a group of 20-something girls, did you guys want kids in marriage? I mean, you would have thought I asked them if they wanted to commit a murder. I mean, no one wanted to raise their hand. They were like, oh, they just kept looking around the room, horrified. Finally, they all eventually raised their hand. I said, God, why didn't you raise your hand initially? Well, because we're just told that we're supposed to want career. I mean, think about that. They're ashamed to to want to raise their hand for what they truly want, what what they truly really want in life. So think about how tied up and twisted girls are because they can't be themselves for fear that they're going to be, I guess, shamed by Hillary Clinton or Gloria Steinem or 
Um, so I wrote this book because conservatives tend to speak just to each other mm-hmm. and then other conservatives buy the books. This book, um, if we're really going to change the culture, we need to get it in the hands of people who aren't just conservatives. Right. And to fight the culture wars, we got to show up. And sometimes we got to show up disguised um, in, in, uh, in non-traditional language um, and a non-traditional book cover to get the attention of people to point out how coarsened and provocative our culture has become. Um, and it has. And that's the truth. So, you know, we can be offended by it or we can open our eyes to it and say, all right, how do we fix like the mainstreaming of pornography? Um, yeah. When I was younger, to get pornography, you had to go to one of those boutiques with no windows and all bricks by the airport. Now every smartphone is a smartphone. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't even have to order it online. You can get it on your phone. And even if you don't order it, you can see it in your Twitter feed. Right. I mean, I, I, I am just shocked. I mean, Kim Kardashian, whether you follow her or not, when she posed nude for the cover of Paper Magazine, all of these mainstream media outlets were retweeting the picture of her nude. That, back in the day, would have been considered triple X pornographic. Right. I don't know how parents do it, it, you know, because each Twitter feed is its own basic channel. So you're editing, even if you're editing out certain, you know, Twitter handles, you're still seeing other handles retweeted. So you're basically getting graphic images whether you like it or not. And we've become so desensitized that young girls have been convinced to give up monogamy and not just abstinence. I mean, abstinence, that horse left the barn a long time ago. Now it's, it's, they're being encouraged to be polyamorous mm-hmm. and tweet and, and text naked pictures that guys can send everywhere. And they think they're doing it to get the guy to like them. I mean, I've interviewed hundreds of men. And they'll tell me, if I get a picture like that, even if I ask for it, I'm not looking to commit to that girl. Because I know that she's sending it other places. And, 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 and guys go, uh, sorry to feel that way, but that's just how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that this book can be the book that I wanted when I was in my 20s. I wish I would have had it. It's um, a combination of big sisterly advice with um, feminist doctrine and how it's failed us. Real world examples um, with a lot of pearls of my mom's Christian wisdom I'm mixed in and, and a fervent defense of men mm-hmm. in society today. Because I think women, if you want to have it all, you can't do it all alone. And so pick a good partner Pick a good man. Don't settle. Don't get married or, or just choose a guy because your friends are doing it or, or sexed or do all these things because your friends are doing it. Um, stay, stay true to yourself and what you want. Put blinders on and don't watch everybody else. Tune out the noise um, and, and wait for the right one because mm-hmm. it will completely be worth it. And, and, you, and you really, single motherhood and doing it alone, it's a sham. Even a lot of these feminists got married uh, at the end. You know, I couldn't agree with you more on any of that. But I have one question about feminism that kind of is is mm-hmm. uh, got me, and I haven't been able to find out a good person to ask, and I think you're the one to, to ask about it. I have been seeing in the news and stuff a lot of feminists, you know, really staunch feminists, embracing the uh, Islamic culture and, and their religion. And I can't put my hands around this because a lot of the times, you know, in, in Islam— they are considered possessions. I mean, doesn't that kind of defeat everything that they're working hard for? Why would they, why would they do something like that? It is the $10 million question today in our news cycle. Um, and I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, you hear not a peep from women's groups like now, um, the National Organization for Women and other organizations, um, feminist blogs and websites when it comes to radical Islam. Um, occasionally you'll see a piece in Newsweek or the New York Times, but specifically um, on the issue of bringing Muslim refugees to the United States of America. Um, I am not, as much as the liberal media would love to paint all conservatives as Islamophobes and xenophobes, um, I'm a first-generation American. I'm the daughter of an immigrant. I speak a number of language languages. Um, I, I am the epitome of multiculturalism. So they can, when they can bring their attacks on me, um, they're, they're bringing it to the wrong person. They can basically shove it. Um, However, there is a, a reality of Islam, and we're not just talking radical Islam. We're talking Islam um, where Sharia law is implemented and women don't have rights at all. 
um, honor killings are accepted. Um, if you are raped in certain Muslim countries, you need not one, not two, but three witnesses to prove that you're raped. Um, women in this country sit silent about that. So as this White House is poised to bring in an upwards of 60,000 refugees, over 75% of them military-aged men who do not share our values, they don't have a shared history of tolerance, as the president says, they don't hashtag share our values, as the Democratic Party purports, I'd like to know where the women's groups are on this. Mm -hmm. Because we've seen the reports out of Germany, Köln, Germany, on New Year's Eve, where there were hundreds of rapes and assaults against German women. These are the same women that just a year before were saying, let's bring in the refugees because it's the noble thing to do. Look, no one's saying be unkind. We're just saying if the administration concedes that it can't properly vet these refugees, why would we bring them into a country when they already have a belief about women that is not um, that is not similar to ours? We fought so hard for these rights. We're importing, you know, men who who don't share our our values and our rights. And the same thing with with England um, and and Norway and Sweden. They have to have training sessions for these refugees on how to treat women um, because the assaults and the rapes are so prevalent. Not only that, but the media and the law enforcement have been bullied by the government to suppress the police reports of them. We saw that in Germany as well. So they're covering it up. And I want to know, where are the feminists on this? If we bring in 60,000 military-aged men, and we know the number's going to be higher because it always is, if there are assaults and rapes, well, who's going to take the blame for that? I mean, then what? Are we going to hide them or, or is it going to be too late? Because again, there's just a difference in, in shared values. Uh, they don't share a lot of our values, especially to the treatment of women. And it's really, really troubling. And what's even worse is when you try and have a conversation like this, um, they try and silence you and call you an Islamophobe. And, and all you're trying to do is defend the rights of women here at home. Right. Very interesting. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about your book is, is this something that a father could read or a guy could read to help understand maybe his daughter or maybe understand his wife and maybe uh, reconnect and, and help him work better within his family? No question. I think this is a fantastic book for dads, um, not just in the minds of how women think, um, but what's coming down the pike for their daughters and their sons. I mean, this book, I wrote it not for conservatives. I wrote it for liberals as well. I mean, I had the founder of Jezebel call me last week and say, I'm reading your book. And I have to say, I agree with 95%. She goes, I'm nodding. I'm dog-earing the pages. This is Jezebel. It doesn't get more progressive and more liberal than Jezebel. Right. As far as feminist websites go. Um, I've had men say, finally, someone has a voice for me, and I felt like I was crazy. Um, but now you've given voice to a lot of these issues of how men have been worthified and, and denigrated by society. And it's helpful to know what women are thinking um, and helpful to have some pointers. Women are saying, finally, um, a, a, a book that speaks for me, that I've been saying this for years. Um, and it is a read, I would say, for, for girls. But I would caution parents, it's probably um, 16 and up. Okay. Um, and and I would I would I would just have them read it first um, because I just think that parents should make the decision on whether or not they want to expose their kids to something like Tinder. I mean, if your kid's 16 years old and doesn't know what Tinder is, you might want to read it. And maybe this is a way to have your child read it and then talk about it afterwards. But it's something that they're gonna they're gonna get involved in or or they're gonna come across um, within one to two years. So again, you can either hide my book or you can approach it um, head on and, and talk about it as a family. And I think it's, it's been a critical thing for relationships. Um, men and women have said they've read it together, and it's helped them. It's the modern-day men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So um, I'm just humbled and feel very grateful that I was able to um, write a book that I've wanted to write for over a decade, um, one that when I went to bookstores, I couldn't find. So I decided to write it myself. And um, I'm already working on the follow-up to this with even more information because there's so much I couldn't even fit it in the first book. 
Wow, that's um, fantastic. And it's already a bestseller. So may, uh, maybe I'm on to something here. And if, if I can get the founder of Jezebel to agree, maybe we can start to turn the wheel um, that is so far left right. as a culture. We can start to, to turn it a little bit to the right. And I think for conservatives and for Christians and for for all of us as a society, if we can get back to traditional values um, as the conservator values and as conservatives, if we can make a compelling case for the things that are worth conserving, which is where conservation and conservative comes from, well, then I think we're all going to be better off. Awesome. Well, I got, I got one more question before we got to go, and then I'm going to let you tell everybody how they can find the book. Um, as, a, as, a, as a guy, um, and I, let you, I don't have kids yet, but I hopefully someday will, I'd always want my daughter to be a very strong-minded but yet compassionate person that can you know, do anything that she puts her mind to because I believe in that. And I don't believe that anybody should have to be judged or put up into like a business or whatever like that just because they're a female that they should be automatically pushed up here or, or paid less or mm-hmm. anything like that. I don't think that that's right for, for, uh, for, uh, for females or men. And, you know, what would, what type of, what, one piece of advice that you could give to me if I had a daughter, how would I make the, my daughter understand where she needs to be in life and also if i have i had a son what would what advice should i give my son on how to uh you know treat and or uh interact with women to understand that there's a difference from when i grew up to when they're growing up now well i think that for your daughter um you're already you're already on the right track you know there's such a hypocrisy with feminists that um for example um college life and we were talking about this, you know, on my show the other day. Um, women, there was something about a curfew. They wanted to keep women on college campuses um, in their dormitories and I, because they couldn't handle their liquor. And there was an issue of college assault. And, and to that I say, and feminists do this all the time, and especially with women in the military and women in sports, And um, are, we, are we equal or, or do we need special treatment? Because all of these special treatment and carve-outs, um, and like what you see with the presidential campaign, where they'll say, you know, how dare you, Donald Trump, attack me? Um, I, I'm a woman, and you can't do that. And I heard Ivanka Trump say, well, my dad, my dad will go after you if you insult him, whether you're a man or a woman. He truly believes in equality. Um, I thought that was such a brilliant message. Um, we have to make up our minds as women. Are we weaker? Do we need special carve-outs and treatment? Or are we strong feminists? Um, Hillary Clinton, do you need your husband Bill on the campaign trail, like you said last week, or like you said a couple weeks ago, can you do this without him? And I think the mixed messages in feminism have frustrated, and, and frankly, I think they, they've really delegitimized the feminist argument. So to your daughters, I would just say, um, you know, embrace being a woman, and, and femininity um, is power. Being a feminist, wanting equal rights, wanting to be pro-women doesn't mean you have to be anti-man or anti-feminism. And you never want special treatment. You always want to earn it. You always want to get that job or get that position or that internship or that grade because you did it on your own, not because you're a woman, not because you had a special rule, not because you compromised your beliefs. Because um, word always gets around about that. And if you do any of those things, you get a reputation. Oh, she played the woman card. Oh, she did this. And it also hurts the real instances of sexism. It's like the girl who cried wolf. Um, and there is sexism running rampant everywhere. It's still around. Um, but if you, if you tell your daughter to do it with her own abilities, it's going to feel so much better and she'll, she'll feel better about herself. For the boys, I think it is a lost art raising gentlemen and young boys. Um, traditional values hold dear. Respect a woman. Imagine it's your sister. I mean, if, if your son has a sister, say imagine that's somebody's sister. And I always tell girls this advice when dealing with boys. Look at how he treats his mother. Mm-hmm. It is foolproof. It is foolproof. If you look at the way a man treats his mother and he does not treat his mother um, with respect and dignity or he insults her or he's, you know, move it along. Move it along. Trust me on that. So there's a lot of that kind of advice in the book. But as far as guys go, being a gentleman, really being well-mannered um, and treating women, opening the door for them, 
paying the tab, those return to tradition, um, they go such a long way in love and in life. And so many parents have gotten away from that. And so many women have gotten away from demanding it from men. That if men aren't initially demonstrating it, um, women don't hold them accountable to step it up, to man up. Um, and it's okay, girls, to play like a girl. Nothing wrong with that. Very good. Well, um, I take a lot of what you've said, and I, I agree with just about every bit of it because I try to do that myself. And, um, you know, like even with my wife and stuff like that, I know she can do an, an amazing job doing the lawn and stuff like that. But that's what I'm here for, and I'm here to take that pain and that struggle to, to do that so she doesn't have to. And I hope other people will, will realize that it's not because I don't think she can do a good job or they don't think that they can do a good job, but it's just more out of the love that I don't want to have to put somebody through that if I'm here to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So... All right. Well, we are just about out of time. I cannot believe it's been as long as it has. It's been a, it's been a great uh, a, a great uh, conversation, and I'm learning so much. And I want people to figure out how they can get that book. So where can they get a copy? You can find the book on HarperCollins.com. Sorry about that. HarperCollins.com, Barnes and Noble, any of your local bookstores. Um, and uh, the audio version is also available. I narrate it, um, and so you can find it or download it on your Kindle. It's all over the place, and we've already done a bunch of reorders, and it's a it's a bestseller. So uh, I just I'm very grateful to everyone who's bought it and passed it on and given it as gifts. I'm very humbled and grateful. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and sharing this amazing message because I think it's very important, and I really hope that the younger generation will pick up and understand what you're saying and apply it to their own lives. I hope so too. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Anytime. All right, guys, we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be hearing more music, interviews, and commentary, so stay tuned. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Andrea Tanteros here from the Fox News Channel. I've got a new book out, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable, also known as the modern-day Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Go ahead and pick it up at your local bookstore now. It's already a bestseller, or you can get it off Amazon.com or HarperCollins.com. Hi, I'm Andy Allo, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. All right, everybody, I have on the line with me a very special guest. She is an actress who has been seen in Wildcats. She also plays Nebula in Avengers, the video game, and Agent 13. And she is the creator of Yoga Animals. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm so good. It's great to be here. Well, it sounds like we got a lot of stuff to talk about because you got a bunch of different things going on here. So let's start off with your creation, Yoga Animals. What is Yoga Animals? Yoga Animals is my third children's book that I released on the Apple App Store for iPhone and iPad. And it is a children's book that depicts adorable animals, adorable, cool hipster animals, I should say, doing uh, and demonstrating yoga moves so that kids can sort of learn an introduction to yoga in a way to help them release, you know, stress and anger and, you know, use their energy for something really positive. Wow, that's impressive. Now, what kind of gave you the idea? Um, well, I had started writing children's books a few years ago, but really just narrative, um, more typical children's books. And I'd also been into yoga for years. My mom's an instructor, and she really guided me through a lot of it. And I think that kids doing yoga is such an important thing, and, and I think it should happen a lot more. I think it's so beneficial to them. And so I decided to write a book to help guide them through it. And I really love cute animals, and I think kids do too, so they helped me. Who doesn't? I mean, come on, exactly. I love cute animals. 
So um, let's kind of talk about um, let's kind of talk about yoga. Uh, obviously, because it's going to tie in with this. What are the benefits of yoga, and what will the benefits of a child get from doing yoga? Anybody, the wonderful thing about yoga is anybody can do it. Beginner, advanced. There are so many different kinds of moves and stretches and positions that you can do that can help you with arthritis or any kind of health problems you're having. Just general flexibility can help with weight loss and balance and muscle building. And you can use yoga in so many different ways, depending on the type of yoga you're doing. My favorite yoga is hot yoga, which um, is a vinyasa yoga in generally 104 degrees, which is not suitable for children. Just want to put that out there. Um, But you know, kids can definitely get started doing simple stretching moves and especially learning deep and uh, deep breathing exercises, what I like to call mindful breathing, where kids can learn to check in on themselves and their own bodies and um, really get to know what's good for them and what's not good for them and how to correct a problem before it really starts, which is something that people my age in their late 20s and especially after that we all start to have these weird body issues like lower back pains. And really, had we just been stretching from a young age, we could have probably avoided so many of these things. And I really hope to teach kids that. And probably those things happen when we're kids because we think we're invincible and we're not invincible. (laughs) Yes, I had plenty of friends that jumped off of roofs thinking that it was a great idea. Uh, I'm I'm one of those too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's not a good idea. That's for sure. But can yoga also kind of help them in school to maybe not necessarily physically, but maybe mentally? That's the great thing about the mindful breathing aspect of yoga animals, um, which of course, breathing is a very important part of yoga in general. But if you take deep breaths and really give yourself a second to eliminate any kind of stress or, you know, any distraction that's happening deep breaths can really bring you back to yourself and help you refocus. And especially for kids, you know, in school or even before that, if they're feeling so angry and kids have such a hard time controlling, you know, their emotions because they're just learning them. But if they learn to take deep breaths and do mindful breathing, they're just going to have such a better time engaging with other people and their family and school. Have you ever heard of anything like, um, maybe like a child that does yoga or does something similar to, like you said, mindful breathing, maybe getting improved scores on tests or anything like that? I ha- I don't have any specific examples for you, but I mean, it definitely worked for me, especially in college. I sort of jumped on and off the yoga train and I definitely know that when I was when I was doing yoga and focusing and breathing and meditating also, which is something that I do, Um, I was so much more able to focus and work on my essays and not get distracted and do better on tests. Absolutely. And obviously, with the way that our our, uh, communities are growing and and it looks like, you know, things are changing again once, you know, for our private uh, family lives, it seems like parents are wanting to get more and more involved with their children and and having fun with them and, you know, kind of experiencing what they're going through themselves. Is yoga animals something that would be able to be enjoyed by adults too, maybe with their children? Absolutely. I 100% recommend, I even put it on the first page of my book, that parents read this story with their kids in order to help make sure that they're doing the poses correctly. Because, you know, you can do these poses incorrectly and actually have injuries. These are very simple poses, of course, so it's likely not going to happen. But, you know, helping your kids do this the first few times around is just going to be helpful for them and you. And it's just going to be so much fun. It's a great activity. It's a great activity for your kids. Now what? And you. Now, you said it's on an app. Is it kind of like, is it an actual physical app that you download and, and interact with like a game? Or is it a book that you download? Um, it's Well, it's on the App Store as an app, but it reads like a book. So you swipe the page to, to turn the page and um, you can go back and forth. There's soothing background music that's great for fun yoga and um you know you can go back and forth and there's also at the end of the book there's like a drawing activity so if you just want to color at the end of it you can also do that so it's great for you know if you're out and about and 
your kids need to quiet down and you just need to entertain them. They can read this little book and color within the book uh, at any time. Well, I was just about to ask you why you decided to go with a, a, a an app type situation, but now I, now it makes sense. You you actually made it a, a, an interactive experience for the kids with music and coloring and everything else. So that does make a lot of sense. Was that something hard? Did you physically code it yourself, or did you have somebody else do it for you? I did most of the coding myself. I used a an, a template in a way, um, but I did have to learn a little bit of coding, which took a while, but. Now that I'm on my third book, it's sort of become second nature to me. So I, I really believe in these book app kind of things. So often I see people out in the streets with their kids and they always have their phone with them, but I don't see them carrying around children's books to entertain their kids. And I just think, you know, if you can trust your kid not to throw the phone on the ground, then you can definitely hand it over to them to read this adorable book. Absolutely. And honestly, print is kind of getting out of... Out of uh... Um, it's kind of you know fading away into into the into the sunset, if you could say, because it seems it like everybody just is addicted to their phones, and really the phones did replace uh, and tablets replaced a lot of books and other things exactly. Too. And we're saving all these trees, mm-hmm. so you know, there's that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, how much is your book to download? It is two dollars and ninety nine cents. Mm, very cool and on iPhone and iPad. Do you also have it for Androids and all those other platforms? I don't. I'm hoping that it will soar in popularity on the iPhone and then somebody else will uh, help me code it for all of the other platforms. But right now, I, uh, I'm just an Apple kind of girl. I feel you. I do the same thing. I love my apples. Yeah. <laughs> so let's kind of get into now some of your acting uh, abilities. When did you decide you really wanted to be an actress? Um, I'd say I was around 14 years old. I had already done a lot of theater in my uh, in my community, and I had just started going to drama camp when I realized that acting was actually something that you could pursue as a profession, so long as you never stop trying. Um, so that's when I really decided to, to go for it. What is your favorite part about being an actress? So I've heard so many different answers, and it's so fascinating mm. to hear from everybody and their their idea of what it is for them. Um, my favorite part, I think, is really telling other people's stories. Um, I think, you know, acting is the oldest profession because people have been telling stories since the dawn of time. And I, I just love other people who are passionate and they have something to say and they're incredible writers or directors and they need, you know, storytellers to help them get the message out. And I get to be that person and transform into their puppet, I guess you could say, um, and just sort of help enable them to tell a story to the whole world. And I know from uh, my own experience that there is a lot of different types of arts out there, obviously. And with, with just photography, there's so many different aspects of that. But there's the same thing with, with acting and stuff. You have theater, you have uh, drama, you have horror, you have so many other types of genres to be in. What has been the ch- most challenging that you've been in so far, Ooh. and what made it the challenging for you? Oh, the most challenging. That's not the question I thought you were going to ask. It's a very good question. Uh, ooh, challenging. You know, I'd say the most challenging thing is really creating and producing my own work. Right now, I'm writing uh, a series that I hope would be released as um, a comedic web series, and you know, even just the mountain of writing it is so difficult. And then to think of the fact of, you know, crowdfunding and raising money and putting together a crew and hiring other actors, it just seems so overwhelming. But um, sometimes it just has to be done. Right now, I'm the one who has a story to tell. And I, I really can't stop until it's been told. So I'm, I'm figuring it out along the way. But I'm very excited. You know, the web really has changed so many aspects of television and movies and everything. You know, what is it that you'd be interested in having this produced when it's done as a web series as opposed to maybe something like on a DVD or, um, you know, Netflix or something like that? Uh, Well, Netflix would technically be considered, you know, web content and new media. So that would be amazing. Um, DVDs, I'm sure you can tell they've sort of fallen out of favor and they're generally for, you know, feature films. Um, but 
I would probably start with the film festival circuit or hope for a distribution with different networks that are already familiar with me. Um, I've sort of been in talks with one or two of them, but that's a long way away. But you know what's so cool about the way that we've changed so much is it allows people that want to do something like this to not have to spend a fortune on a budget, but still able to do what they want to do. And a lot of the stuff that you find on YouTube is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, some of it is a small fortune. I will definitely say that much, depending on how crazy you want to go. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's fantastic. There have been so many incredible films and web series in the past few years that have gotten, you know, notoriety and have been picked up by bigger networks and then they spend the fortune to make them amazing and it's really cool to be watching this whole new wave of of theater and and acting you know unfolding in front of us because it wasn't here like five years ago really it wasn't i remember when youtube came out it was just like wow this Mm -hmm. is so cool you know absolutely but you can only i think at the time you can only have like a five minute video so they were very very short lived stuff you could put up an hour you know production on there right so it it really challenged you because i want i I was always wanting to get something up there just a little bit longer you know it's just like i wanted to see more and i'm glad that they've really kind of expanded that to allow that to happen for uh producers and stuff yeah and they're actually coming out with their own version of netflix youtube really yes soon i didn't know that that's interesting is that going to be something is it going to be like able to be seen on like a roku device or amazon um or is it a what's it a uh yeah amazon the amazon stick or anything like that that you can buy likely i know what they're really trying to do is a version of live tv on youtube where it's just constantly streaming different shows um through their platforms i think it's gonna be pretty cool interesting i like that yeah and you know, I've kind of, I've really gotten a, 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 accustomed to Roku, and um, yep. you know, putting a, putting up my own stuff on there has been a lot of. It's been a great challenge because I, I, I like to. I've been doing it with stuff that I, I don't really have a lot of, uh, you know, expensive equipment. But I realize that you don't necessarily have to have expensive equipment to make something very, very productive and, and amazing. And um, you know, because I see people going out and buying all brand new cameras for their photography and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh, I got myself a five thousand dollar camera." I'm like, "Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a better picture," you know. Right. So, especially if you don't know how to use it. That's right. And you know what? I I actually got asked a couple of years ago to 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 do a small short film using nothing but my cell phone. I'm like, "Wow, what an interesting concept that is." Mm. and hard yeah but you know it's amazing when you really look at these at these uh you know iphones and stuff that you have the 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 cameras on those are spectacular and if you know what you're doing you could do it very easily just using a cell phone yeah yeah absolutely so let's talk about your movies here you got wildcats what is wildcats wildcats is a web series actually which is currently streaming on Um, you know, another one of the streaming networks called Full Screen, which just launched last month. Um, And it's doing really well. It's, uh, we're really, really happy to be a part of their network platform. And uh, it's a five part mini series about a girl, me named Allison, who is a high school cheerleader. And she it's a comedy. It's very silly, but she is struggling with some real issues like sexuality and feminism and, you know, becoming a woman in high school and sort of dealing with being different than everybody else around her. And it's based on a true story. Um, it's based on, you know, the writer and director, Rachel Puchkoff, who created the series. And it's just so good and so relatable and so funny. And full screen is an amazing, amazing platform uh, that was designed for sort of 16 to 24 year olds to um, engage with new content that's more for them and for millennials. And Wildcat just fits perfectly there. And you also are doing a a uh, video game called Avengers. Uh, obviously, it's uh, Avengers the uh, the superheroes. I'm assuming, right? Yes, Avengers Academy. It's actually all of your favorite superheroes when they were in high school. <laughs> wow, <laughs> really adorable. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you, you you get to see them growing up. That's pretty interesting. Now. I knew somebody that did uh, voiceovers for a video game one time, and it's a pretty interesting process. What was it like for you? Well, I actually have my own recording studio in my apartment, and so that's actually how 
you know, they, they found me um, through a referral from another company who I had worked for. And so it was very simple, just like all of the other voiceover work that I do. They sent me the breakdown and the script, and I sort of just embodied the character um, in whatever felt natural to me. And thankfully, they really liked it. That's awesome. Now, I, t- I, I know we talked about the characters that you played before, but uh, go over them again. And what were, were, what, was your, what were their specific roles in the video game? How can you play that, that character? Great. So Avengers Academy um, stars all of the Avengers, but every month or every few months they have special guests from other movies. So my first role in their video game was Nebula, who is one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, she obviously plays a teenager at the Avengers Academy, and she came in, and um, she's very angsty, and uh, she's very rebellious, so she came in and spray-painted the entire school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But thankfully, you know, you you get to keep her in the crew even after the Guardians of the Galaxy leave their, um, you know, depart from the Avengers Academy. She gets to stay, which is really great. And so now, um, in preparation for the new uh, Captain America Civil War movie that's coming out, that whole cast has come into Avengers Academy as teenagers once again. So I am playing Agent 13, who uh, is Captain America's girlfriend, and um, I believe she's his, like, protection, which is silly. So she's just your typical teenager who's dating Captain America, <laughs> I guess you could say. Well, that's a cool, pretty cool boyfriend, I guess, if you're going to date somebody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a copy of it? Well, so I, I, I do have Avengers Academy, and I'm currently playing it in order to unlock Agent 13. She's very difficult to unlock, but <laughs> um, it took me a few days to get Nebula, and now, uh, and now I'm working on Agent 13. It's a little surreal to hear your voice on it. It is. You know, I've heard my voice on so many things that uh, I thought I could handle it, but it's very cool. It's very, it, this is, um, this is my first like big time video game that, uh, you know, the, there are actual like real celebrities in the cast with me. And so it's just very cool to know that, that I'm a part of the Marvel universe. That is cool. You know, I was uh, I was coming back from Connecticut. I'm born and raised in Connecticut, and we were I was vis- up there visiting my girl, uh, my uh, my grandmother, with uh, my wife at the time. But she was, we weren't married, so we were coming back down, and uh, we used to uh, she used to babysit for one of the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and we stopped oh. in, and we stopped in to see him, and when he moved up to Carolina. And uh, he was him and his wife took off for uh, like three days, uh, and so he stayed and watched their children as like a nanny type thing. And I went into one of his daughter's room, and she was playing a video game, and it was like NHL hockey. I think it was '97 or something like that. And I said, "So who? What are you doing?" She goes, "Well, I'm playing a video game." And I'm like, uh, "Oh, who are you playing?" Um, she she told me the two teams, and I said, "And who? And who are you?" And she goes, "I'm playing daddy." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, wow, that is just a little bit." You know, it just sends chills down my spine. You because know, you've never really, you know, put together that somebody's actually in a video game that you can play and have fun with. That is very cool. I'll never forget it. It was so much fun. But uh, we are just about out of time, so please tell everybody how they can find out more about Wildcats, Avengers uh, Academy, and of course Yoga Animals, as we have already talked about at the beginning. But it doesn't hurt to plug it again. Absolutely. Um, well, Wildcats can be found on the Full Screen Network at fullscreen.com, or you can watch it at catsgoingwild.com for the original cut. And uh, Avengers Academy can be found on any platform on their app store. And of course, Yoga Animals, which is an adorable yoga book for children, can be found on the Apple App Store under Yoga Animals. Awesome. And, you know, I know I'm, I, I completely screwed up this a little bit, but I forgot to tell everybody your name at the beginning, which is Linnea oh. Sage. So how can they find out more about you if they want to hire you for something or just keep up and, and you know, follow your, your career? Absolutely. You can find me at Linnea.nyc or on Twitter at Linnea Sage. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. I wish you all the best. And I really hope that your book, you know, really goes out there and helps children all over the place. Me too. Thank you so much. It was great talking with you. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to be hearing a little bit more music commentary and interviews, so stay tuned. 
All right, guys, we only have about 30 seconds left, so I can't even go to a commercial break. But I hope you enjoyed the guests that we had on today because I know they enjoyed talking to you. I hope you were inspired to try something new, and maybe it's in the art field. I hope it is. Join us back here next week, AM FM 247, every Saturday at 5 p.m. We're going to be here. Until then, guys, keep those creative juices flowing, and we will see you again next Saturday. Good night, everybody. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.